listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. My name is Tony Stevens, not Clark, but Tony, with the American Council of the Blind. I'm the Director of Development with ACB, and I am very excited to be with everybody this week, being your temporary host, but I'm not alone. Clark is still here. Say hello, Clark. Hello, everyone. This is Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for ACB. I am happy to share this podcast with Tony this week, especially because Tony was the one who started this podcast oh so many years ago. Thank you to everyone who is listening over ACB radio, as well as those streaming, downloading, uh, reviewing, and sharing this podcast via your favorite podcast player. As always, you can learn more about ACB at acb.org, including some of the topics we're going to talk about today, Tony. That's right. And thank you for letting me, me commandeer uh, this thing that I, I helped piece together so long ago. And it's so exciting. It's still it's, it's week by week by week. It's excellent job, Clark, for you and, and your, your, your team and everybody working to get this out every week. Uh, this week I'm excited and, and I'm playing the role of host this, you know, this week because I have a very wonderful privilege to introduce folks to one of the more recent additions to the ACB team who hasn't really had a chance to come on the ACB Advocacy Update and share some of the great successes that ACB is working on behind the scenes in terms of our audio description. Uh, but she is one of two guests today and I'll introduce the second guest as well who is chair of the Audio Description Project Committee, Carl Richards. Say hello, Carl. Carl Richardson. Hello, Carl. <laughs> so um, thank you, Carl. Um, and and we, uh, you know, Carl, is, as well as being one of the co-chairs for the Audio Description Project, what we call ADP, uh, works very closely with somebody who uh, I have the opportunity uh, to work with closely as well, because part-time uh, she is doing the grants for ACB, helping helping us reach out to foundations and other groups. But a key part of her work, uh, her plate, if you will, is around all things audio description, really working to hold things together uh, behind the scenes, because we are doing a lot, as we are talking about in this week's episode of the ACB Advocacy Update, where we'll talk about a number of advocacy-related issues around audio description. But that is JoLynn Bailey-Page. Hello, JoLynn. Hello. I am so pleased to be here. And as you mentioned, it is my very first podcast for Advocacy Update. So this will be, this is fun and I'm excited. But as you mentioned, I came on board in March as the coordinator for the audio description project and grant writer. So I am kind of split down the middle. I sort of jump on one side of the line to do grant work and back on the other to do audio description. Um, all, all of our efforts and they're somewhat related too, so. There is, well, audio description, and, and we're gonna be talking today on the ACB Advocacy Update about a number of audio description priorities and, and major projects that we're working on. Clark has been uh, deeply embedded in many of them as well. So, you know, you won't just hear, be hearing me talk the entire time. Make sure Clark chimes in as well. Uh, but, you know, Joe Lynn is, is coordinating the many sort of things that take place around the audio description projects committees. It's a very, very robust uh, and one of our more active sort of major pillars of the organization. We have sort of these nine program areas, uh, you know, uh, that span the American Council of the Blind. And the audio description project is, is one of those things that has really gained sort of national recognition. 
And we're excited that, that, you know, JoLynn has been able to help sort of help us, you know, manage a large number of these projects because there's a lot going on. So we'll be hearing about some of that and some of the priorities. One thing we're going to be talking about right out of the gate, which is also something very personal to me, and you'll be hearing more about these probably in upcoming ACB advocacy updates uh, as we work on focusing on health and wellness as a major initiative uh, for not just advocacy, but public awareness. So I have the opportunity to lead communications as well for the Marin Council of the Blind. And, and part of that is a huge public awareness effort. And we are coming out of the pandemic this year and we are very much focused on public awareness and we'll be launching on July 17th. Jot this down, wait, 18, 19, 20, 22. Yeah, the 17th, I had to use my fingers to count to make sure it was the right day. It's the Saturday before the opening session of the convention in the evening. We will be doing a live event to kick off our health and wellness campaign, which is the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. So be sure to register for the conference and convention and meet us uh, in, our, in our virtual kickoff event that we will be holding for this Get Up and Get Moving campaign. It is a major campaign for the organization, focusing on, on a significant number of health and wellness advocacy-related issues, as well as public awareness and really building some partnerships out. So we're very excited about this campaign and a major partner that we're, we're hoping to be able to work closely with in this uh, we've already been working with, and JoLynn has been working very closely, probably more closely than anybody else in the organization, uh, definitely when it comes to staff resources and, and time spent. Uh, but that is around with the University of Hawaii and our Uni Description Project. JoLynn, tell us a little bit about what the Uni Description Project is. Well, yes, actually, it, as Dr. Brett Oppegaard, who is the um, Associate Professor um, in school communications in the University of Hawaii and the lead investigator of this project likes to say, it all began with a big box of dusty brochures. And this dates way back to 2014 when um, Michelle Hartley, um, who is the media accessibility coordinator at Harper's Ferry Center uh, for National Park Service came to Dr. Oppegaard and asked for help in making these brochures, park brochures, more accessible. They're called unigrid brochures. And so that kind of segues over into unidescription or unity. Um, but they're standardized brochures, but they're totally inaccessible, totally not available to anyone who was blind or, or visually impaired. So Dr. Oppegaard began to create um, a system whereby um, this information could be described and recorded and available for folks to download either on the web or through an app they created called the Unity app. Um, and it is a mobile app. And uh, gradually more and more of these brochures began to be described and the information uploaded to the web. It's a web-based project and then downloaded onto the app so that folks could go to a national park um, and walk right alongside their sighted friends and have access to this brochure. And um, let's see, ACB began to get involved with this in 2017 through a grant from Google. And we were approached to provide some volunteers to work with the park service and the unit description project to help create description alongside the park. And um, we did this by, by jumping into something called a descriptathon, 
which is really fun. It's, it's kind of a gamified way to learn about AD and, um, you know, you, it's, it, it involves partnership and competition, a lot of fun. And our volunteers have, have come now to look forward to two times a year working right alongside park staff to help them create descriptions for these park brochures. And once they're finished and uploaded, um, ACB volunteers test it out, give feedback, and um, eventually we will be starting to go out into the field to actually test them on site. So it's, uh, Clark, you have participated in one, and Tony, you have been part of a descriptathon um, as well. And I uh, wonder what you your thoughts on it. What, were, well, what was that like for And you? I was gonna ask Clark, cause yeah, I had a chance to be like a judge Clark. for the descriptathon, but for Clark, you've actually had a chance to do that. But then also too, you've been to some of these parks. I, I know yeah. you've gone up to Harper's Ferry and. Uh, not just to help teach people how to think like an audio describer, right? To write good content that can be descriptive for the mind's eye. But, but what is it like to experience this at parks that, you know, for a perfect sighted person, they can absorb it. Uh, what is that experience like for an inclusion point of view? Absolutely. So this is really the, like the gateway to the national park system, right? Like St. St. Louis has the arch where ACB had their convention in what 2018 mm -hmm. we were in st louis um that's kind of the the gateway arch to the west right well these brochures are the gateway to the parks this is the brochure that introduces you to what is available at the park the significance of the park and even includes some either uh, artistic renderings photos paintings or even maps of the area that you're going to learn about or explore. So to have that at your fingertips and to have that available just like any other visitor, um, something that you can access even before you go, really just helps prime the pump. You know, it gives you a sense of what to expect. Uh, it does it in an accessible format, not only for the, the words and verbiage, um, but also, gives an overview of what the images that you're viewing or the, the artistic renderings are available and also some of the detail, um, the painstaking detail that goes into some of these artifacts, how they're created, how they're represented, why they're, they are significant. And hats off to the men and women from the National Park Service, as JoLynn mentioned, I had the opportunity to take it, take part in Descriptathon 6 in August of 2020. That really focused on the, the parks and monuments of Washington, DC. One of the things that stood out to me was it wasn't only park staff from Washington, DC that were participating, but it was park staff from all over the country who were jumping in, getting their feet wet, providing this great service of describing uh, these brochures for these monuments and parks, but it was also an educational process for them to learn and create effective descriptions, but also then to carry that knowledge with them so that they could be more effective ambassadors in their territories, at the parks and the monuments where they're working. 
So that, that was one of the things that really stood out to me, Joe Lynn, was you had these enthusiastic members of the Park Service that you know, part of their job is as ambassadors. They, they want people to have a great time at national parks, national forests, monuments, what have you. And one of the ways that they can better serve all patrons is if they have a sense of how to best describe items to those visitors. And I'm sure that there are, you know, dual and multiple purposes here, because if you can effectively describe someone for someone who's blind or visually impaired, that probably bodes well to describing something for uh, children's or seniors or individuals with cognitive impairments as well. So it really helps the park staff uh, become better able to communicate you know, the wonders and the splendors of the park system for all visitors. Well, and it, and it bleeds over into other areas of access. I mean, because it is literally working with the employees themselves. And it's not like how you have an accessibility person in Washington, D.C. that's telling you what to do. But this this teaches the people that are, you know, the volunteers, the park rangers. Uh, it, it, it opens them up to the idea that, you know, what description can do to really enrich, not just for people who are blind or visually impaired, but really, like you mentioned, for everybody. Because uh, recently, like you went to Kitty Hawk and, and you know, uh, shared such wonderful experiences about the Kitty Hawk National uh, Park, Clark, and, and how accessible it was. And it, it fosters a culture and rewards people as, as this ceremony kind of goes in the prize, which is, what is it, a giant pineapple, Jolene, or what's the pineapple? It is now. It's a giant pineapple, a mounted pineapple. That's yeah, so very there. Hawaiian, of course. But, you know, it, it rewards them. And that... that you know, talk a little bit like the Kitty Hawk Experience Park or Harbor, how it, how it, in a sense, empowers you to, to be part of that and feel so much more uh, tied to the, to the land around you as these national parks really represent the people's land. Well, as, as you know, in colonial times, a pineapple was seen as a sign of great wealth and prestige. I but did not I, know that. But I, I learned. But also hospitality. Uh, yeah, the, the Kitty Hawk uh, National Memorial was spectacular. Uh, birth now, oh, excuse me, not the birthplace, uh, but the home of the first flight. We all know the birthplace of flight is where the Wright brothers were from in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, when I walked into the visitor center with my family just a few months ago, one of the first things that greeted us were four tactile panels with a dashed line showing the line of flight in Braille representing or so that I could read and anyone who can read Braille was able to read the date, the pilot, whether it was Orville or Wilbur Wright, and the distance they flew. And, but everyone would see these four panels when you walk right in the door, it was six feet away. So here accessibility is in the forefront. Um, so it, again, it's just very, very visible and very present. And not only is it present right by the door, but it was present throughout the entire exhibit. A, a spectacular audio described tour that was uh, paired with either beacons or geofencing for the specific panels, directions on how to navigate the exhibit to move from one section to the next, and then also accessibility features built into the new National Park Service app so that in addition to 
how we were talking about uni-described brochures, you could access the National Park Service app to find out what accessibility features are available. And yes, the images within the NPS app are also described. Excellent, thanks so much, because it is, and I bring this up, the reason why we were focused on this first for the podcast is with the health and wellness program that we are, we are beginning to, to really piece together. Uh, you know, the National Parks is an amazing place that some, there's one probably around the corner from us who don't even know it, but even in urban settings, you don't have to go to Yosemite or you don't have to go to Kitty Hawk. I mean, there are national parks all around the country, hundreds and hundreds of them. And they're all becoming more and more described. And the audio description training that they're undergoing really is helping expand their minds towards accessibility in the park. So we want to make sure that as this Get Up and Get Moving campaign gets moving, that folks know that the national parks are going to be an excellent resource and a space as we, as we come up with, you know, to challenge people to get out of their homes out of the pandemic. And, and what better place to experience that than an accessible park that hopefully is right around the corner from you. And the advocacy that we're also going to be pushing out as part of this campaign is we get the parks, what's next? City parks, state parks, local town squares. You know, how can we, how can we have the world more described? So there's been such great innovation and opportunities through the audio description project in the world that is media, that, that is, you know, I think what most people think about when they hear about Audio Description Project, or if you go to acb.org slash ADP for Audio Description Project, there's so much stuff on there about media. And we're going to talk about media in just a second. But a reminder too, that uh, a world is also at the end of our fingertips that describes the world around us as we get out of our house. And like with my two children, we say, get away from that screen, get outside, get moving, because they've been stuck behind a screen themselves for an entire year in school. My two young boys is... So, um, but yeah, let's, let's inter bring Carl into the conversation now, as, as we talk a little bit about uh, the media and the larger audio description project and Joe Lynn, you, you how many committees are there? Uh, subcommittees of, of audio description project uh, are there? We've got our main committee and then I think six others, or seven others. Yeah. So, so we, got so awards, we have awards, media, performing arts, and museums, our convention planning, 508, which relates to federal government, and uh, BABY, the benefits of audio description and education. That, that's a very wide range of areas, right? It's not just audio description on television, but you know, theaters, uh, museums, parks. Carl, talk a little bit, if you can, on some of the, the great innovations that ADP has been undertaking uh, as chair and, and some areas that you're most excited about uh, that, that you all get a chance to tackle right now? So first I'll talk about some of the more recent innovations. Um, one with COVID, I think that theaters have been, had to think outside the box and how they provide audio description to those of us who are home. And I think some of the theaters are now providing audio description remotely, whether it be through the use of Zoom or some sort of video platform. For instance, I, two weekends ago, watched a magic show with audio description. And that was kind of cool. So I think that's one of the things. So I would suggest that you all reach out to your local theaters and see if they are doing audio description remotely. And hopefully that'll continue even when things go back to uh, so-called normal. <coughs> one of the things that Kim Charlton and Brian Charlton from Bay State Council of the Blind have been working on for the past several years is structured negotiations with HBO Max 
and they just launched last month with audio description. So that's a new streaming service that has audio description. Currently, they are basically only available on Android and iOS and the web on the website, hbomac.com. And you can access audio description those ways. And they are planning to do up to 1,500 hours within the first 10 months of audio description. And then um, expand up to 3,000 hours uh, in year two. And I think in year three, up to 6,000 hours. So we have- Enormous. Yeah. So, um, and I just looked on the audio description project website. We currently have about 222 titles and a title can be one season with multiple episodes. It doesn't have to be just, so there's actually more than 222 individual shows with audio description. And like I said, I've only tried it on the web and iOS, but I have good confirmation that it also works on the Android and they will be going out to all other streaming platforms such as Roku, Fire TV, and smart televisions in the near future. So stay tuned for that. And on the iPhone anyway, you can even go to genre and search for, there's an audio description category. So you'll be able to see the full list and then you can select it from that on the iPhone. So that's kind of fun. Also recently, Paramount Plus, uh, CBS merged with Viacom and became Paramount Plus, and they launched a new streaming service with audio description. Now, there's still some improvement for usability and accessibility, but they currently have about 40 titles with audio description, and that's a combination of theatrical releases that were previously in the theater, uh, stuff that's on CBS television and some of their original programming. It looks like at this point in time, they're doing all of their original programming with audio description. You know, things like Star Trek Discovery and Picard have audio description as well as their CBS program, NCIS, um, Blue Blood, that sort of thing. So that, that's exciting. and. So there's a lot going on in the world of media. Some of the things that the media committee is working on is looking at, um, this is the 10th anniversary of the CVA and looking at how we can improve the CVAA moving forward uh, to include streaming services and other platforms. We are looking at maybe asking those who provide audio description to have a minimum audio standards such as surround sound, Adobe Atmos, or 3.1. We haven't figured that out yet, but that's something we're looking into. Um, and we're looking into what audio description means when they launch nationwide, the new version of uh, ASTC 3.0. Um, will it interfere with other audio channels and things like that? And we'll Along with Clark, we're working closely with the FCC Disability Advisory Com uh, Committee. And um, those are just some of the things that are happening right now. Well, so talk to me a little bit, and Clark, you as well, because you both, you and Clark, Carl, are on the Disability Advisory Committee, the DAC, which is a, a really important part of the FCC in terms of accessible media. Uh, for folks who don't know, the FCC oversees the CVA, which is the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act. It's the thing that has now mandated audio description for television. It doesn't cover all things. I know some folks think that web streaming is covered by the CVA, but that's not always the case. 
which is why we did like what you talked about HBO max and Paramount, you know, we have to sometimes advocate outside the FCC, but some of the great part about the FCC is working with some of the partners who who's at the table, Clark and Carl, that you all have had a chance to engage with and, and really help us build some good relationships. Uh, I know I can think of one uh, corporate partner in the broadcast industry that, that we'll be celebrating on July 23rd, who's been fantastic at live events and description, but talk a little bit about the, you know, what ACB, we've always been so good at the relationship side and how the DAC helps us with that. I'll jump in here and then kick it over to Carl because this is my first time as a representative for ACB on the FCC's Disability Advisory Committee. And just in February and here in the new year, we've begun the fourth term of the DAC. And the uh, Tony, our members and the larger blindness community are well represented on the DACs. And ACB, the American Foundation for the Blind, National Federation of the Blind, uh, as well as the Perkins School for the Blind are all represented on the DAC. Uh, Carl, I might, I might have missed an organization in there. Deafblind Citizens in Action. Yeah, Deafblind Citizens in Action. And Carl, you represent, as a, as a citizen, or the city of Boston. That's uh, correct. Yeah. Seat, yeah. Yeah. And then from the the corporate side of things, the National Association of Broadcasters, the National Cable and Telecommunications Association and NCTA. Um, so it, it's a a wide swath of advocates as well as industry coming together to reach consensus on matters such as, uh, well, audio description quality is one that you all worked on in the, the last term, right, Carl? Yep, yep. Um, audio description quality, the need to centralize audio description listings. Um, we wait to hear from the, the chair of the FCC what our goals are, and then we work collaboratively to make that happen. And in the interim too, it allows just great opportunity to, to again, fostered some strong relationships with industry, right? So right. we're not you, always fighting, but we're actually working together on something. Yeah, you mentioned, I'm assuming you were talking about Comcast a second yeah, ago, yeah, right? Was, yeah. Tom Lukowski from Comcast, who has a long history in the world of audio description, dating back to a day that WGBH in the Media Access Group, where I actually first met him because we were co-workers. And then um, other strong, you know, Townsend Davis from ABC has been a, a strong advocate and, and co-supporter. And um, there's a lot of people, Apple. I believe Apple's on, yeah. yeah. Apple's on the committee. And then even some members of the deaf community, TDI and Hearing Lost Association of America have been strong advocates and supporting us because mm -hmm. they know that when we support each other, all, all boats rise. And, and, and they they've been a big help. So it, it's a nice group of members and we have currently 40 members and we're waiting to find out when our next meeting is. But when we do, we will uh, yeah. work hard. And our, our past president, while you were working on the, um, Carl, you were working so closely on the on the sort of the best practices for quality in audio description. I know that was an area you were working on a lot during the last, the third Disability Advisory Committee convenings. Um, but Sam Joel, with, uh, the, who's president of the Northern Virginia, that's correct. Um, yeah, and he was chair of that. So, so yeah. ACB is very, you know, we, we're very thankful for our long relationship with the FCC and, and really tying it in with audio description. You know, a, a great way for people to really get involved and find out 
that there is so much going on, what the future is and areas we can advocate on and, and learn about. Cause some of this stuff, like when you talk about ATSC 3.0, you know, it can get technical sometimes. That's the standard for the new type of digital TV that'll be over the antenna and for television networks to have, um, you know, uh, but a great learning place for that is our convention and our Audio Description Institute. Um, Joe Lynn, you and, you and Carl, share a little bit about what the Audio Description is. And Carl, can you give us a, a kind of a, a, a peek into what convention is going to share for us in terms of actual programs and in a sense of what people can have in store uh, when they register for the uh, Audio Description uh, part of the conference and convention this summer? Oh, do you yeah. want to, do you want to do convention then I'll do institute yeah let's talk a little bit about the the, the convention and then um, whoever you know uh, Carl maybe share with us what some of the programs and things people can check out and then Jolyn talk a little bit about what the institute is and does and, and the value it brings but for the for the layperson that's not going to be a part of the institute um, what do we have in store for the for the audio uh, audio convention program yeah uh, see if I can get that out so what do we have all- in store for the programming this summer? First of all, as tradition, we whatever, and the Oscars are this week, so whatever the best picture nomination, best picture winner is, we will be playing that with audio description at the convention. That's number one. I believe that's on Friday night. Yeah, the 16th July. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I don't have the full list in front of me, so I'm going to do my best. No, give us a snapshot. It's fine. Right. And then... Also, we will be doing a joint session with Friends and Art where they are going to have a documentary and the director of the film will be there and that'll be audio described. Then we are also doing a joint session with Lua, Library Users of America, where Judy Dixon is going to talk about her latest book, which is all about audio description and how to access audio description on the various devices and streaming services. Fred Brack, We'll also be doing a session on the Audio Description Project website and how to access all the value, valuable information that's on that website. On Monday night, the 19th, my personal favorite, because I love the moderator of that event. No, uh, I will be moderating <laughs> once again. Sorry. I will be moderating an event with all the streaming services, and we have identified eight, and they include... Apple, Paramount, Hulu, Disney, Netflix, Prime Video, and Peacock. So I'm assuming you will hear some news about Peacock before July. Joe Lynn will be moderating a panel on uh, the Park National Park Service and be talking about much of the stuff she just talked about a few minutes ago. Joe Snyder, the founder of the Audio Description Project. We'll be doing a segment on performing art. And on Friday night, we will be wrapping up with the opening ceremony for the Olympics and be playing that over ACB radio with audio description and maybe even be interviewing some Olympians and having some uh, interviewing describers and other some other fun things to go with that. And that, that's exciting. That's going to be an excellent way to end the, the convention that last day. We've moved our banquet back a whole day because we want to make sure yeah. everybody can be there for the opening ceremonies of the Olympics and have, have that experience, that shared experience of all of us being together, hearing it described together. It's a huge thanks to Comcast and, and Tom Lukowski, who you mentioned, but the NBC Universal folks and, and for them, uh, you know, essentially volunteering, donating. 
this opportunity for us to be to be part of this experience through a descript through a described format. So, well, Kim Charlton and and many others put together that convention, so they should get all the credit for that. And Kim is Kim, and, and you both of you are working so hard on media. Uh, it's it's so exciting. There's so much in the horizon that that we have, and you know, one of the other parts of convention is you know, an educational component and actually learning how to be solid describers. Uh, we have something called the Audio Description Institute. Jolyn, what, what is the description? Institute? How can people find out about it and, and, and learn about the, the craft of audio description? Hands-on. Thank you. Yes, this summer, uh, Dr. Joel Snyder will be teaching the 17, 18th Audio Description Institute, which will run from August a second through sixth, you can find out more about it by going to um, acb.org slash audio description project. And it's right on the main webpage. Um, and this is not just for sighted folks. If you um, are interested in audio description, writing, voicing, the craft, um, it really is for anyone. And you'll learn about uh, the basics of audio description, the history, fundamentals, um, editing, um, gosh, many, many different applications. So this, this will be virtual again this summer. So it'll be five afternoons of intensive training. And uh, again, it's be the 18th Institute. And we will also be offering two scholarship, I believe. I was so, no, actually possibly four this year, Carl. Oh, so excellent. thanks oh. for reminding me. And, and we're not just going to be learning on how we can be better describers or what people can do through the Institute to become, you know, uh, excellent people that can perform the craft of audio description. But part of this summer's conference and convention is also a chance to celebrate quality and greatness, uh, you know, those that are doing great work in audio description. Uh, what, what's going on in the conference and convention this summer in terms of celebrating the successes in audio description? What do we have on store? We will be so honored to celebrate with our 13th annual um, Audio Description Project Achievement Awards um, at which we will introduce, celebrate, talk about the advances the individuals and organizations have made um, throughout the last year. And currently you may nominate someone for either an individual or an organizational award in media, performing arts, museums, parks, um, and again, go to our Audio Description Project website, um, www.acb.org um, slash ADP. Um, our deadline is May 9th. If you have someone in mind or an organization you think deserves recognition, please head right on over to that page and uh, you can find a link to complete your nomination. And uh, we'll be acknowledging, celebrating, it's almost like a mini gala where we... And that's, that's excellent because... Teacher are award winners. Yeah, it, it is really, it's a nice chance to be able to say thanks to those that are out there doing the work. Carl, you've worked in media yourself years, for years ago, I know. And there's so many people that make entertainment come to life. And oftentimes, not all of them get to get to be thanked. And the audio describers are, are, you know, some of these people as well that are out there working to make uh, entertainment more accessible to a greater audience. 
Yeah, and we're not just going to recognize media, which is obviously the most popular, but we'll be recognizing the performing arts. We'll be recognizing those who have maybe spent their whole career and lifetime achievement. We'll be recognizing those who have done research to make um, audio description better, you know, using research and data and test groups. So please do go to the Audio Description Project website and look at the many different categories. And we're also doing something differently this year because uh, in the past, we've always struggled whether to, to recognize groups or individuals. And this year we're doing two categories and most of the two, I should say two sections in each category so that we have the ability to recognize either groups. When I say groups, I mean organizations or individuals so that an organization doesn't necessarily overshadow an individual that also does great work. Right. For example, someone in the National Park Service versus the whole National Park Service could recognize their work. All right. So what have we learned here today? Uh, campers, uh, gather around the fire and let's, let's close up our story time. Uh, you know, audio description with our health and wellness program. Uh, stay tuned. Make sure you're part of the, the July 17th kickoff and make sure you download the UniD app on, on your smartphones uh, just to get involved with the, the parks and, and know that there are a place out there and we are continuing continuing. Uh, and if you're interested in maybe helping out in some of these work and maybe participating yourself on a uni description project, um, you know, reach out to us at ACB. But what's your, what's your email, JoLynn, that folks can reach it out to? J Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y dash page, P-A-G-E at ACB.org. And in terms of the conference and convention, they can also register and find out when that program is going to be released in just a few weeks now. We're finalizing that. Uh, the whole program for the conference and convention, be sure to check out everything going on in terms of the audio description work and ways that we can get involved with advocacy to make the world more inclusive in terms of not just media, Carl, like you mentioned, but all other areas. And, and Clark, you know, a key part of that as well is reaching out what can folks do in advocacy related issues with, with any issues that they want to feel like need to be brought up before the FCC by you and Carl, what can they do? If there's areas or concerns with audio description. Clark, do you want to take this one or do you want me to answer? Absolutely, Tony. So with regards to audio description advocacy, uh, that's a very timely question. I'm, I'm sure Carl's chomping at the bit here because Carl, there's a comment period that's open right now at the FCC regarding the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act. The FCC is seeking input on basically what is there left to do with their authority under the CVAA. Isn't that right, Carl? That, that's right. Um, as to pertain to the current CVAA. So, you know, for instance, I'm sorry, guys, I froze. No, pause. <laughs> so so uh, we'll, we'll cut it for instance, but the, let's say um, I'll jump in and give you a lead question. So, so then things like, uh, you know, we can comment on things that we think need to still get done that the CVA hasn't yet accomplished the current CVA. Is that right then what I'm hearing? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that. So for instance, although each network is required to produced 87 and a half hours of 
prime time, a combination of prime time and children programming. Is that always aired correctly on the right channel? Um, is, is it always passed through to your market if you're one of the DMA, one of the designated market, that sort of thing? So within what control they currently have? So even though the law is passed, there's still work that needs to get done. So if you have those comments, they can, I guess, send it to the usual advocacy at acb.org. Clark, is that right? That's to right. To Comment, comments are due by May 24th, and certainly ACB will be sharing more information about this comment opportunity. But if folks have comments that they'd like to submit to the FCC, you can always send those to advocacy at acb.org, and we will help get those filed. Just to build off of Carl's point, you know, Tony, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned that uh, streaming services aren't required to uh, carry audio description. Uh, unfortunately, this comment period won't change that, right? Um, but there are some areas, like we spoke earlier about audio description quality. And Carl, as Carl mentioned, how can we ensure that uh, broadcast networks or cable providers are passing through audio description when appropriate. You know, do consumers everywhere have access to accessible uh, set-top boxes and user interfaces? Certainly that's under the FCC's current authority. So items like that are important for us to hear about from our members. And even if it's not specific to this particular comment opportunity, but if you're having an issue with receiving audio description or an accessible user interface or set top box, that's always something you can share with us at advocacy at acb.org. And we'd be happy to pass that on to the FCC on your behalf. Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, we are reaching the end of our podcast episode for this week. This is, this is, you know, this is a, this is a, I, I feel a little rusty. I'm, I'm, <laughs> trying to get back in the mood here, but Clark, each week you do this. Man, my brain is exhausted, and we're not even at an hour, but I want to thank all three of you, Clark, Lynn, and Carl, uh, for really taking time out to talk about audio description, ways that we are involved, ways that we're advocating, and ways that we can continue to be involved. So, <clears throat> but in sharing that, uh, you know, I want to say thanks, everybody, for taking time to join us for this week's episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. Clark, thank you very much for letting me commandeer the ship for a week. Uh, hopefully I will hand it back to you in good hands as always, uh, because I know as always, the one thing we love to say at the very end is keep advocating. Right on. Be well, everybody. Thanks. listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.